The Dallas Stars are off to a 3-0 start to begin this young NHL season, but they face their first true test with a four-game road trip to the East Coast where they'll play some really talented Atlantic Division teams. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Matt DeFranks of the Dallas Morning News to talk about the Stars' hot start and what they need to do in order to carry the momentum into this road trip. We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked on Stars. Your Locked on Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked on Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, credentialed member of the Dallas Stars media, coming to you on this Wednesday, October 19th. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener of the show. Thank you for stopping by and making Locked on Stars your first listen every single day. If you're new to the show, be sure to hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. We're trying to reach 1,000 subscribers by the end of 2022, so help us out there by hitting that subscribe button. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, you can subscribe to us and follow on there as well. And if you like the show, you can leave us a five-star rating or review. And you can also find and follow us on social media at Locked on Stars on Instagram and Twitter, as well as my personal Twitter account at Dane double underscore Lewis. But as I said in the open of the show, have a very special guest on today. Let's jump into today's conversation with Matt DeFranks of the Dallas Morning News to talk about the Dallas Stars hot start. Joining me now on today's show is Matthew DeFranks. He covers the Dallas Stars for the Dallas Morning News. And Matt, let's just jump right into it. This Stars team is off to really the best start that I think that they could have envisioned for themselves this year. Uh, three straight wins to begin the season against division opponents, 13 goals for, only three goals against. Is this a start that you expected to see from this team at the start of training camp in the preseason, or are you surprised by this start? Yeah, I don't know if expect to see would be quite where I was at. Um, I'm honestly, I, I wasn't even sure if that was I mean, possible because it's not even that they've won these three games; it's the way that they've won it. I mean, their their goal differential is you know, plus ten. They're outscoring teams thirteen to three. Uh, they've gotten scoring at the top. They've gotten scoring at the bottom. Special teams are good. The goaltending is good. Um, it's just about as, as good of a start as you can ask for in terms of results and, and how they're doing it. Uh, so it's, yeah, definitely was not going to expect this coming out of the gate. Uh, you know, you kind of envision that it would take some time to get to what Pete DeBoer wanted this team to look like. And, you know, it's something we saw uh, a few years ago with, with Jim Montgomery coming in and uh, how long it took the stars to play the style that he wanted to play. And even with talking with Pete DeBoer this preseason in training camp, he was saying, hey, yeah, it's going to take till maybe Thanksgiving. Then then we're, we'll be rolling. And it's you know, it's tough to say that they are at that point right now, only three games in. I mean, there's still some underlying numbers in terms of shot attempts and shots for uh, that are, are don't don't point to a plus 10 goal differential. 
but it's been a it's been a fun start for for the stars and i think you know as far, as long as the uh, the good vibes last in dallas might as well enjoy them for the for stars fans yeah absolutely like you said the the vibes certainly seem to be really good surrounding the team even just talking with players after games you just see the the smiles around the locker room and even DeBoer uh, like you said seems pleased with what he's gotten from his team I think it's a big jump even just from the preseason Uh, I think there was maybe some speculation and some questions on whether this team would be ready to start the season but those questions seem to for now be be put to rest but talking about this offense and the the goal differential what's something specific that has impressed you the most with this offense because last year that was the you know the the one knock or one of the many knocks against this team is that they struggled to score goals and you touched on it maybe a little bit saying that they're scoring from the top the middle and the bottom but what's one specific thing that's impressed you the most with this stars offense through three games yeah i would say that it's the way that they've generated off the rush uh you know that that home opener against nashville on saturday all four goals were off the rush uh minus marchman's empty netter uh but that's something that they didn't do last year. They didn't have a game with four rush goals in the same game. They got to three a couple of times, but they never got to four. And uh, you know, it was a similar thing uh, with just scoring four goals in three straight games. It's something that they hadn't done. And so I, I turned to to my my colleague Mike Heike, uh last night in in the press box, and it was fifteen to twelve uh, was the shots on goal at that point. And I looked at Mike and I said, this doesn't this doesn't feel like a, a game that has had 15 and 12 shots on goal just because of how many chances uh, both teams had. I mean, especially in the first period, the Jets had a lot of chances uh, in the Stars' end, whether it be off of turnovers or, or whatnot. But it seems like they haven't gotten that shot-heavy production or mentality that past Pete DeBoer teams have had when you look at point shots in, in San Jose and Vegas – uh, his teams have had a lot of point shots and a lot of shot attempt volume numbers. And that hasn't happened a ton right now, but the chances they have generated have been dangerous and a lot of them have been on the rush. So that's been kind of a an interesting way that they've kind of orchestrated their offense. Yeah, for sure. And I think a big part of it is, and I know Rope Hintz touched on this the other night after that home opener talking about the the way that the team enters the zone, it's a lot less dump and chase and seems to be a lot more methodical as far as passing. And I think we even saw that on Jason Robertson's goal that he scored against the Predators. Do you think that that's a result of the coaching style from Pete DeBoer? Is that something that you guys see when you're at practice or you know morning skates? Or do you think that that's maybe something that the players have kind of taken on? Because we didn't see that a ton last year. I think last year there was a lot more of that dump and chase mentality. Do you think it's the coaching style that's changed that confidence in the players? What do you think is the the motivation or reason behind that? Yeah, I thought Pete DeBoer had a very interesting answer when he was talking about his philosophy. Uh, actually, yesterday morning after morning skate, he was asked about you know dumping and chasing and and when is a good time to do it and when's not. And he said, well, it's not just a matter of getting to the blue line and deciding whether to put it in deep or whether to, to carry it across and make a play. It starts in your own zone with proper support, proper spacing, creating enough gaps in the neutral zone to have space to carry the puck in or to pass the puck in versus uh, dumping it in and going on the forecheck. So I think that was an interesting comment. And for him, everything has started from their own zone in terms of breakouts. It's what they did the first day of training camp. It's what he talked about being the foundation of their game. And it's that sort of support in their own zone that has helped them 
get some space in the neutral zone and getting getting the puck in cleanly. It's not always pretty. Uh, there are still times that where the Stars get stuck in their own zone probably a little bit too much, uh, but they do generate more when they get out of it in terms of getting out there on the rush like we talked about before. So I think it's partly, you know, philosophy driven, right? Um, I think part of it is a, is a little bit personnel driven. Um, I mean, there was a couple of plays on Saturday against Nashville that I, I kind of looked at. I was like, hey, that's, that's interesting. That probably doesn't happen last year. And one of them was Mason Marchment kind of turning back at the blue line to try to retain possession instead of going on the forecheck and, you know, ended up in a turnover. They, the Predators went the other way on an odd man rush. So that's the downside of, of not getting it in deep and, and not going on the forecheck. And you know, another one was Niels Lundqvist was in a similar situation and he pulled it back and, and kept possession. Uh, the stars got a change. And I think that that possession ended with that Miro Haskin into Jason Robertson, give and go. Uh, and it's just small things like that where you say, Hey, well, maybe part of it is philosophy and part of it is personnel and maybe it's a mix of both. But I do think that, uh, you know, the coaching staff has made, a difference in terms of that that element of the game. Today's episode of Locked On Stars is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including MLB playoffs, MMA, boxing, and golf. The NBA season has begun. The Dallas Mavericks play their first game of the season tonight against the Phoenix Suns. If you want to bet on that game, if you want to bet on some NBA futures, you can do that at BetOnline.com. Net. Head to Bet Online right now, online, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening around the sports world. BetOnline.net is where the game starts. Yeah, for sure. And it just feels so interesting and unusual to almost watch with the Stars team, just with how little we saw some of that last year. And I think that even just the way that they forecheck and fight for the puck in their own zone, like you said, is, you know, vastly different. I think even with Tyler Sagan's goal uh, on Monday against Winnipeg, there was that play from Delandria in the corner to get that puck to Tyler. Uh, did that play kind of take you by surprise? Like, well, like it did me, that pass just kind of came out of nowhere and Sagan buries that. What what was kind of was going through your head as you watched that play unfold? Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that pass at that time from, from that person. And, uh, I think sometimes for me, especially, I am guilty of forgetting that Ty Delandria was a number 13 overall pick, uh, that he did have a, a breakout year in, in Flint his last year in junior, that he was one of their, the AHL, I mean, I guess Texas's best players. I don't know across the league wide, but you know, he had 50 points in the AHL last year, which was second on the team. And so he does have an offensive skill set. It's just not something that I always anticipated translating to the NHL. So uh, definitely a, a good start and a good play from, from Ty Delandria there and something that Pete DeBoer uh, talked about after the game. And, you know, obviously you were there, Dane, uh, that, hey, he has to produce at this level 
because of where he's where he's playing and who he's playing with, right? So with Tyler Sagan and Mason Marchman, you're going to expect a little bit more of offense from from Ty Landry, and is uh, it definitely caught me by surprise. And I found what Tyler Sagan uh, said a little bit funny last night too. Uh, hey, yeah, yeah, I expected it to come after I called it called for it for the seventh time. So uh, I, I think the Ontario line uh, has looked through us so far this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the top six in general been really impressive for this team. And, you know, you, you talk about Tyler and how exciting it is to see him back and healthy and even, I mean, cracking jokes like that last night, smiling. And I, I know we talked about the health of him as well with Pete DeBoer afterwards and just really good stuff to see from the offense, but kind of shifting the attention to the defensive side of the ice, the defense and the goaltending. Uh, Jake Ottinger, they've done really well to start the season, but at the same time, they have I believe it's 35 penalty minutes. Last night, they were 10th in the NHL in penalty minutes. In your eyes, how has the defense continued to stand their ground and not allow more than one goal in a game despite being top 10 in the league in penalty minutes? And I mean, last night, it just felt like as the game went on, they kept finding themselves in these, you know, penalty kill situations, whether it was the the four minute, you know, accidental Ryan Suter stick situation uh, and just a few other instances where the Stars found themselves down a man. How do they continue to build on that? And is that something that can be somewhat sustainable throughout the season? Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can count on a, a penalty kill going 13 or 14. Uh, and I'm, I know you definitely cannot count on Jake Ottinger having a, a 966 1.0 sort of season, but that's been one of the, I would say underrated aspects of the, the stars start so far is that, you know, we focused on how many goals are scoring and who's scoring and how they're scoring them that, this performance by Jake Ottinger in the first three games has kind of gone a little unnoticed to, to be honest, uh, at least on my end, I know I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it. And I think part of it is it's, I don't know if expected is the correct word, but it's not surprising to see Jake Ottinger do this. I mean, we, we don't, no one really expects uh, him to, to duplicate his Calgary performance, uh, you know, 954 is, is kind of an absurd number and the the chances that the stars were giving up then were uh, were a little bit outrageous especially in game seven so i don't think anyone was expecting him to to do that again but to see what he's done and be very solid and make the saves that he's supposed to be making uh it's been really really good for them to to see that i think back to the to the three goals and it was what a a deflection on in, on opening night in Nashville. And then it was uh, kind of a five on three goal, essentially. It was right when the penalty ended. And then uh, Shifley ripping a one or ripping a slap shot. So it's, it's been, it's been like goals you would be okay giving up and, and he's done the rest of his job very well. So I think that's where you look at the, the stars defense and it all comes back to him. Uh, we'll see how it goes the rest of the year. And, and what it looks like when he does come back down to, you know, a, a nine twenty, maybe nine fifteen, nine thirty, whatever, somewhere in that range, goalie, and and how the stars' results follow. Yeah, and if you're just you know speculating with this four game road trip coming up, I imagine we'll see Ottinger at least three of the four games. Do you think we'll finally see a Scott Wedgwood appearance with you know the first back to back for the Stars at the end of this trip? I know on Monday, Tuesday they have Ottawa then Boston. I mean, do you try to feed the hot hand as long as possible? If you if you're in the coaching staff position, uh, and even if Jake looks good on Monday in Ottawa, do you maybe give Wedgwood the start Tuesday? How do you think they'll continue to manage the goalie situation given how he's played? 
Yeah, I think you definitely have to give Scott Wedgwood a look on on this trip. Uh, this trip has all of the schedule quirks, right? It has a back to back, a three and four, a four and six. Uh, those are all the ones that that coaches have talked about, kind of needing an extra goaltender. And that was something that down the stretch last year, Jake Ottinger was getting all of the starts. And you look at the start totals from you know the back half of the year, and he's up there with Jacob Markstrom and Connor Hellebuck and. Great goalies. Just not sure you want to be up there with those guys in terms of volume because they do start so much, and uh, you know they haven't really had a ton of playoff success. So uh, I think you have to have Scott Wedgwood be available on this trip. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be in Ottawa or or in Boston. I, I think personally, it'd be probably pretty cool to see Jake Ottinger in Boston. I don't know if he's played there since he left BU. Um, but that would be kind of a neat thing to see. Uh, I, I think for the, you know, for Toronto and Montreal, you're probably going to see Jake Ottinger, and then we'll see who, who's in net on which night for the back to back. But I think you definitely have to split them. Yeah, I, I think it'd be exciting to see where Wedgwood can pick up. You know, at the start of the season, because obviously he came in and you know provided some really good outings for the Stars team last year, and you know it seems like he he's a pretty solid backup for Jake this season. So curious to see what a performance from him would look like, but. Now shifting focus kind of back to to the offense, but staying defensive-minded with the personnel. We've talked about the way that the forwards have been able to produce, but we've also seen some offensive production from the defensemen, including Miro Haskinen, which was the expectation this season uh, that he would you know take some more shots from the blue line and be a little bit more active in the offense. And I think that we've seen some more confidence from him, maybe some confidence that we didn't quite see last season. And John Klingberg was there to shoulder a little bit, you know, of that offensive weight. But what have you liked the most from Miro Haskinen in the early stages of this season, as far as what he's done on the offensive side of the ice? Yeah. Uh, you might be able to help me on this. I don't remember which goal his assist came on, uh, but I try to think back to his two goals and those are those are goals that you maybe would not have seen last year from him, right? So one of them was the give and go with Jason Robertson on mm. the rush, and he's coming up the left side, right? And yes. We, we haven't seen him on his left side since before the pandemic. So that was something that the the makeup of the Stars defense core has led to with the three righties, three lefties. Uh, Miro Haskins is going to play on his strong side as long as that is – the, the group on the back end and that's you know going up on his left side and finishing a, a tap in from from Jason Robertson is something that is new uh him at the point on the power play the the one timer last night against Winnipeg you know last year he was in the circle the whole time he wasn't on the top power play unit uh he wasn't in a, a position to to receive a, a pass up to the point and, and let a one timer rip so those have stood out to me in terms of offense that we didn't, we wouldn't have been able to see last year, just based on usage, uh, you know, him being on the strong side and him being at the top of uh, the power play in the first unit. So encouraging signs, sure. Um, but much like the rest of the stars team, uh, a hint of caution that, you know, you don't expect him to have 82 points just because he has three points in three games, but definitely a good start for him. And, you know, it's actually funny. I think about last year, he scored his first uh, overtime winner in that, that season opener against the Rangers. And you think, all right, well, maybe this is going to be the year where the offense comes and you know, maybe he becomes a, a Norris Trophy uh, contender, truly. Um, so we'll have to see how it goes the rest of the year. But the signs are there early that this is he's going to be put in situations to, to contribute offensively a little bit more. 
Yeah, and I think as long as he's able to do that and find some ways to produce, even if it's more assists than goals, I think the Stars are better for that. But even if it's not necessarily Miro, you know, either directing the offense with passing or shooting the puck, I think there's a few other guys that have stepped up as well with Nils Lundqvist and Yanni Hockenpah last night against Winnipeg with that monster shot after, I know on Sunday at the the Skills Showcase, I think 98 miles per hour was his uh, the, the official radar gun captured speed. Um, Sam Sam Nessler was telling me that he thinks it might have been a little faster, but the gun was a little finicky. Yeah, uh, it was a uh, it was a little bit janky. Uh, so the, the radar gun was showing some eighteen mile an hour slap shots and fifty one mile an hour. Sla- it's just you didn't know what to trust. The ones in the nineties, like okay, that might be legitimate, but uh, a little bit of an asterisk on on Yanni Hockenpah's hardest shot competition win. But do you think you know Hockenpah's goal against Winnipeg? That I feel like that ended up kind of being the the swinging of the momentum for the stars, you know, it was kind of a neck and neck felt like anyone's game up to that point. And then he rips that shot from the right side. Do you think that that maybe gives him a little boost of confidence? I mean, obviously he's not going to shoot all the time whenever the stars are in the offensive zone, but do you think that that maybe gives him, you know, that maybe little push to be a little more offensive minded? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think he knows who he is as, as a hockey player. And that's a, a big bruising physical guy on the back ends. Uh, who has a, a, a big shot, but historically hasn't scored a lot. Um, and, and I think that's he is an element that the Stars don't really have another one of him. Uh, Lindell is a big guy, and he can be physical, but not to the extent that the Yanni Hockenpah is. And I think for for the Stars, they'll, they'll take the offensive production, obviously, for sure. They'll, they'll love to have any anyone chip in, but I think he still needs to be that that anchor on the back end to to be help to really help the team yeah for sure as long as he's finding ways to contribute I think he's been a a very underrated addition to this team since joining last season and I think that you know he's maybe becoming a fan favorite in the sense that a guy like Jamie Alexiak was kind of the the big enforcer type that can you know let a shot rip from the blue line every now and then and hopefully we'll we'll continue to see more good stuff from him but Speaking of new acquisitions, uh, we've mentioned his name a few times already, and he's you know leading the Stars in points or up there near the top. I think he's tied with a few other players. But what have been your overall thoughts on Mason Marchman? I, I mean, I think there were people that were excited to see him play. It just felt like he was buried on that roster in Florida under some other really talented players, Huberto, Barkov, Ekblad, a really good Florida team. And now he comes to Dallas, and it seems like he's just you know, come in and found his role on the team and he's doing it really well. So what have you liked from Mason Marchment through the early games of this season? Yeah, I was probably like a lot of people who didn't know whether last year was, was just a flash, whether, you know, he'd be uh, too injured or, you know, what would happen when he got more minutes? Uh, what would, would he be able to handle all the came with that more responsibility? And He's been really good. Uh, you know, I think obviously that that first goal in Nashville was a a highlight one. Um, that's a, a flash where you're like, oh, I didn't know that he could do that too. Uh, and he almost had a hat trick in that game. So he he's been really good. Uh, I think if if we had seen the two road games that he played in the preseason, so that would be in Tulsa, in Kansas City. Uh, I think he was pretty good in those games, according to the coaches and to the, the box score. And I think if we had seen that, there might have been a little bit more buzz coming out of preseason. Uh, same way with maybe Will Butcher or Yoel Kibiranta, who had good games that weren't televised or weren't anything um, 
that people could see. So I think if that would have been the case, people probably would have been talking more about Mason Marchment uh, entering the regular season. But I, I think he's given them a look that gives them someone on the second line that can score. So it's been a welcome a welcome sight for him, um, for Stars fans to see him produce. For sure. And I know Stars fans are very aware of his presence on the team now. And I feel like even the rest of, of the NHL world, I mean, not very many people can make a move like he did on Roman Yossi on that opening night in Nashville. I mean, that's uh, as good of a goal as you'll see all season long. And I mean, he, he did it in the first game and then he again followed it up with another goal. And I think he's had at least one point in every outing so far. So we'll see how long that streak can go. And Kind of the last thing I, I want to highlight on before we uh, finish up here is, you know, the Stars are going on this four-game road trip, Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, and Boston. What's something that you want to see from this team on this trip as far as continuing to improve? Because that's something that Pete DeBoer touched on, you know, after the game against Winnipeg, that they're doing well. They're, you know, pleased with what they've done so far, but they're still trying to find ways to be better. So in your eyes, what are some things that the Stars are going to likely be working on or looking to address in these games uh, some some teams and some buildings that'll be pretty difficult to play against? Yeah, I think I'm going to sidestep your question just slightly, just a little bit. Uh, so what I really want to see on this road trip is I want to see more of who this team actually is because this 3-0 start, as good as it is, this is not what's going to be. The, this, this isn't the team for the rest of the year, right? This is not going to be how it goes every single night, scoring four or five goals, giving up one, uh, having a great penalty kill. It's just not going to happen that way. So I just want to see who they are when it's not happening that way and what they can do about it. You know, like at, at this point in my life, I root for, for one sports team, and that is Notre Dame football. And it's been a tough year for me so far. But as a fan, when I start reading preseason coverage and training camp coverage, I, I always have to just think about, hey, don't change your expectations of the season based on preseason or training camp or things like that. And with the Stars, it's I understand these are regular season games, but it's, hey, don't don't change your your expectations or uh, your kind of outlook on this season based on the first three games see how it shakes out when when things aren't perfect and also i think the, the good thing about these three games is it showed me what the potential could be i'm not sure i knew that this was the potential before the season started i know it's there i just know it's not going to be happening every game for 82 games so this road trip will be you know an extended one it's a week on the road four games uh, going north to Canada is going to be some a great atmosphere in Montreal for sure. You're going to see the, the old coach in Jim Montgomery in Boston, uh, new look Senators. Like it's going to be a good trip. Not to mention the Leafs that just lost to to the Coyotes, right? They're going to want to come out strong, I'm sure. I'm just looking forward to seeing what this team actually looks like and getting a better gauge on who they are. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think they got a small taste of some adversity and kind of you know getting hit in the mouth, if you will, on on you know Monday night in that first period especially early on, it felt like Winnipeg kind of had control of that game and they responded well. But a lot of these teams that they're going to play on this road trip, I would argue, are better and a little bit deeper than the Winnipeg Jets. And so I'm right there with you. I think it's going to be interesting to see how this team responds if they're down, you know, two, three goals or 
you know, if they're just not able to get out of their own zone or generate offense, I think it'll be interesting to see how they, you know, respond to adversity and what adjustments they make. And overall, I, I think that we'll learn a lot about this team over the next week or so. And hopefully, uh, I say hopefully the fans won't overreact if there's a bad loss, but knowing Stars fans, and I know I'm right there with them a lot of the times, there tends to be the the overreaction. You have the people now that, that think this is a you know, uh, over 100 point season, President Trophy type season, and one bad loss could just shift the shift that that thought right out the window. Yeah, we'll see how it goes, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. But Matt, thank you for joining the show today, and hopefully, it's uh, are you going with the team to to all these games out of town? Yeah, so I don't travel with them. I travel on my own commercially. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I'll head out uh, on Wednesday to uh, Toronto. Good stuff. Well, I hope you have safe travels and hopefully the, the games are entertaining and, and give you plenty to write about. And uh, if you want to let the people know, I know we have your information up on video for people on YouTube, but the people listening on podcasting platforms, if you just want to let them know where they can find you on social media, where they can find your work, you can uh, you can go ahead and do that. Yes, I'm uh, on Twitter at, at mdefranchs, and then you can read uh, everything at dallasnews.com. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining the show, Matt. We'll have to have you on again soon. All right. Thanks, Dane. Huge thank you to Matt for coming on today's episode and giving us some of his insight on what the Stars have done well to begin this season and what they can continue to work on and improve on as they go on this four-game road trip. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for a preview of the Stars matchup with the Toronto Maple Leafs, a team, like Matt said, that just recently lost to the Arizona Coyotes. That's going to be one pissed-off group of players, and they have some of the most talented players in the league, especially Austin Matthews. How will the Stars defend them? How will the Stars look to generate offense on their own? We'll talk about all of that on tomorrow's episode, so be sure to tune in. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Help us reach those 1,000 subscribers by the end of 2022. You can also find and follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. Remember, we are free and available no matter where or how you choose to listen. And you can follow us on social media at LockedOnStars on Instagram and Twitter, as well as my personal Twitter account at Dane double underscore Lewis. Thank you guys so much again for tuning in. Thank you to Matt for joining the show. Hope you guys have a great Wednesday and we'll see you back here tomorrow.